Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Listen, I cannot find no damn brush in here. Listen. Come on, son, let's check it here. It's not in here. <laughs> what? Good morning, Melissa. With peace. With peace? With happiness. Mm-hmm. If we can blend both cultures together. Mm-hmm. Then yes. to another episode of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry 90 day fiance edition I'm just gonna say right off top I have a little bit of a sore throat swollen lymph node situation so you're gonna have to bear with me it might sound sound like Luann for a bit but you know worse things have happened right oh this was a pretty decent episode, I will say. Um, you know, as I'm wont to do, start with the most boring people first. Um, Darcy, I don't, do I really even want to talk about Darcy? I don't really, really just like, I don't want to call it filler because of what happened, but basically she and Stacey just went to visit their brother's grave um they say that they like to go there whenever they're going through a hard time because he was such a strong person and it really seems like he's sort of the ideal model example of what they feel like a man should be contributing to a relationship what they think a man should be um he passed away at the age of 27 um after a three-year battle with cancer and you know it was really sad it was really sad to see so sad that I'm not even going to comment on the fact that, like, they were really trying to cry through all those fillers, and it wasn't really happening. But, you know, I feel for them, and I hope that it's a, you know, fresh start for them. And, you know, Darcy's always on to something new, on to the next one. 
always making it right for she and her children, Aniko, Aspirin, what are their names? Ankle, Anik, Aspen. There we go. <laughs> so I just hope that, you know, I want everything good for Darcy. Would I like to see her in another crazy relationship for my own sick entertainment? Yeah. But ultimately, I do want her to be happy, and I do hope hope that she's able to find some rich guy, rich hot guy to, to fulfill whatever it is that she needs. Um, I'm going to go to Stephanie and Erica next. It was really just Stephanie, and she flew, flew back from Australia, and she was in the airport in a snakeskin short wrap dress with cork heels for some reason. She expected Erica, the woman who she couldn't stop arguing with the whole time, to pull some sort of, like, 90s rom-com move on her and, like, rush to the airport to meet her. And But <laughs> you guys have been in two different movies this whole time. Like, Stephanie seems to think that this is, like, when Harry met Sally, but Erica has been living in misery, like, the movie and also the emotion. Um, They have not spoken in three days fortunately when stephanie lands in america she's in a much more reasonable sweater jeans boots outfit um yeah they haven't spoken in three days they've both removed each other from their social media so seems like that's all she wrote um her mom picks her up and she starts questioning her about the trip and Stephanie is, like, very obviously being evasive. Like, she's like, oh, my mom knows me so well. Like, she knows when I'm being weird. But it's like, well, I can tell you're being weird. Because you're just being like, um, well, you know, I did this. And her mom asked if they're still friends. She was like, yeah. <laughs> like, you're being very transparent here. Like, you don't have to, I, to have given birth to you to know. But that was basically it. Um, we saw in the preview for next week that maybe Stephanie comes out to her mother. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Next, I'm going to go with Ed and Rosemary. Um, no Rose, unfortunately. Ed is back in America. His mom and Teddy come to pick him up at the airport. Uh, he says he doesn't want to say what happened with Rose because he feels like a failure. His mom, of course, immediately asked how the trip was, and he was like, Rose is out. No Rose. <laughs> he starts to get choked up. And, you know, his mom says, I think his mom's name is Norma. Norma says, well, you know, like, I feel bad for him. The situation is unfortunate, but um, <clears throat> I kind of saw this coming. I'm not really surprised. There were obviously like a lot of, um, you know, issues that could have come up from just having met somebody on the internet. And, you know, I just hope that like he, you know, like I, I think that maybe he set his hopes up too high with Rose. So Ed then, the most interesting part about Ed's uh, scenes this episode is that he is totally lies to his mother. Like, completely is evasive and like leaves out information that would make him look like the bad person, which he is in order to make it seem like he's just like this long suffering, like, Oh, you know, like things just didn't work out. Like it was too much for her. So first he says like, 
His first lie was that Rose didn't tell him about wanting to have children before, until he got there. Until he asked her, like, oh, like, what is your future like? What are you looking for in terms of, like, your life and our potential marriage together? He says that she didn't say anything about wanting to have kids, even though he flew to the Philippines knowing that she wanted to have children. And then he goes on to say, like, He's like, you know, I'm not even really ready to be a father to Prince. Like, I'm 54, you know, much less having two children on top of that. Like, okay, so even if you want to act like you didn't know that she wanted kids, which you did, you have no point. You have no business entering a relationship with Rose or anyone who has a child that is going to be in your home and you're going to have to be responsible for raising it on some level. Um, don't, don't get into a relationship with somebody who has kids if you're not ready to have to raise them. And like, yeah, okay. Maybe you could say like, Oh, as a step parent, like, no, but I mean, there's still going to, this child is still going to be in your home. You're going to have to maintain a relationship with the child. Even if you're not doing the like capital P parenting, you're still going to be in this child's life. And if you aren't even ready to do that, which we knew and Rose clocked, like you, the whole time that you've been there, you haven't even really been invested in getting to know Prince. Why would you enter in a relationship? He keeps like making it like trying to pivot into making it seem like, Oh, this is ridiculous. But it's like, it really isn't because you knew all these things. She was very honest with you. So, like, to say, like, oh, I'm not ready. It's like, okay, well, that's kind of on you for trying to marry this woman. So when she came to America with Prince, what were you going to do? What? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and then he goes on to say, like, oh, she she didn't want to talk about her past. She was being really evasive about that. And she never really wanted to get into the. And for some reason, uh, you know she just didn't trust me. It was just too much for her. Like, God, I can't imagine why. Ugh, he sucks. He really sucks. Uh, next would be Ash and Avery. <laughs> for some reason, Ash and Avery out of all the couples are like maybe the most quote unquote normal. And by normal, I'm saying like the one that I guess, you know, you know, like with these relationship type reality shows, you have to have like an aspirational relationship or, or a relationship that like, like becomes something like they worked out their issues and then like, Oh, you're like, okay, now I'm rooting for you guys because you actually work through stuff. Like they're our most like normal slash aspirational relationship this season, which is, mm. <laughs> It's a sad reality. We'll just say that. Um, they're out in their matching skinny jeans again. And it's Avery's last day in Australia. <sighs> Not really at any point has this woman ever like said or given the impression that she is really excited. Like it's always like, oh, I love him. But like we have all these issues or we have all these things that we have to overcome, these hurdles that we have to, to get over or, you know, hoops that we have to jump through. Like, it's always like, she's just like, 
everything's like an issue. <laughs> and if everything's an issue, like find a dude in America, girl. Like, I don't know. Like I, I've never really seen her. I can't recall her ever speaking about their relationship in a like positive way. Like e- either it's like, oh, what about Taj? Which is fair. Or like, oh, it's one, two, three issues that I have with him. I don't trust him. I don't know how he's going to get Taj to America. I feel like he is hiding things from me. I feel like maybe he's talking to other girls on the side. And now that they're like, okay, sort of, it's like, oh, well now, like, I don't know what we're going to do because, you know, he needs to be there for Taj and it might take like five years for him to come to America. And I I just don't know how we're going to make it work. And I thought I was going to be engaged, but now, now it's like, oh, we have all these things that we have to get through. And it's just like, (sighs) do you guys ever have just like fun? Has there ever been a moment where you guys are just enjoying the moment, having fun, laughing, dancing, like nobody's watching, like live laughing, living, laughing and loving? Like, does that ever happen? It's very strange. It's very, very strange. Um, she says, you know, she feels like she's been in relationship boot camp this whole time that she's been here. And because of the challenges, she's unsure about what the future holds and they have a conversation. And, you know, like I said, Avery says it could be five or so years until he's in America permanently, um, because Ash still needs to be, uh, you know, like have his father around and, you know, this is going to take a lot of work on our end and, um, Ash says, you know, I've just want you to know that I've been committed to you since the beginning and I know that I'm going to marry you, but you know, I just feel like now is not the ideal time to propose. I really want to be in your world. I want to come to America, meet your family, know what your life is like and what your universe is like and meet your children. And, you know, I just want us to be able to like, be able to see both sides of the situation before we jump into a marriage or an engagement, which, you know, is fair. I mean, this is like in the last couple of episodes, we've really seen Ash bring it around kind of like since he had like a complete baby meltdown about about his, um, you know, alleged relationship coaching, um, seminar. He, he has been a lot more reasonable, um, And Avery's like, yeah, I completely agree. Like, you should be able to see my world just as I have been able to see yours. So, like, I understand that, you know, you don't want to propose right now. Um, And Avery asks, like, okay, well, when do you think you're going to be able to come to Seattle to come and meet me? And, excuse me. So, the issue with Ash is that he is from Mauritius. So, he has a passport a Mauritanian passport, but he says that it would be much easier for him to travel in America once he gets his Australian passport. He tells her that he applied for the Australian passport two months prior, but it could take anywhere from three to 12 months for him to actually get the passport. And there's really nothing he can do. Like he can't even call and check up and see like, where they're at in terms of that. Um, it's literally like, I'm just kind of beholden to wait to see if there is a, you know, to, to wait and see until I get a, um, 
a letter in the mail telling me like what it is like I it's just a waiting game at this point um so then he says okay so then they go to the airport they drop Avery off and it I guess they're all good now because they're like super sad. Ash, you know, almost starts to cry and he's talking about how he's going to miss his partner in crime. And then he goes on to say like, he goes on to say like, it's going to be my top priority to make sure that I get this passport. But you just said that you already applied and that there's really nothing you can do. So he, the way he worded it made it seem like there was something he could do (laughs) and that there is something that he could work on. And to me, it sounds like maybe he hadn't even applied yet. And like, Oh, like as soon as you leave, like I'm going to make sure that this works. And so by saying it could take anywhere from three to 12 months that, um, you know, gives him kind of an out to be like, oh, you know, there's, there's time for me to, to get over this or to actually apply. Excuse me, y'all. So, um, yeah, that was, I I had questions about that, but, um, yeah, that was really it for Ash and Avery. I'm going to pump it up and get to Lisa and Usman before I get into their storyline. There was somebody who found some tea on Facebook. So y'all know, like, if you get into a relationship with somebody, Facebook will give into a notification, like, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so are now in a relationship or they're married or they're engaged or whatever. Um, so three years ago, somebody found a post from three years ago that Lisa had entered into a relationship with some dude named Bubba, of course. Um, so there were a bunch of comments and the comments were from three years ago of this lady saying like, you know, it's like some of them were normal comments like, Oh, um, you know, I'm so excited to meet you, Lisa, like blah, blah, blah. I I know Baba, he's my friend or whatever. Um, but then this lady comes in and is like, Oh, um, I just feel like you guys should know that and obviously this is like well before the show so this wasn't like somebody this was like real shit um that lisa's engaged to a nigerian man and she's trying to enter into all these relationships with african men and she's grooming them and she like is like a racist and blah 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 like it's disgusting what she does and Like, again, this is from three years ago, well before the show. So this shit was real. And not that it comes as any surprise because we see the way she treats Usman. But the fact that she's been doing this this whole time, like, oh, she's not even in a relationship with Bubba or she is in a relationship with him. But she's also like talking to all these dudes in Africa, trying to get them to come over here and like weird shit, like weird, like get out kind of stuff. Very weird. So it's the day before the wedding. Can you believe Lisa's mad and they're arguing? Lisa's mad because Usman has not proposed to her. It's the day before their wedding 
and Lisa is mad because Usman has not proposed. Nothing is ever good enough for this bearded dragon of a woman. How do you guys know? Obviously, you guys have spoken. Like, she's mad because he literally, like, hasn't gotten down on his knee and given her a ring. Clearly, they're engaged. They're set to get married hours from now. (laughs) If you were upset about him not proposing to you, maybe this could have come up any time before the day before you guys were supposed to get married. Usman says, I'm not going to propose to you if we have issues because, frankly, I don't know if we're getting married or not because we just got into an argument and I was going to propose to you last night, but then you wanted to fight me about what I, you know, the conversation that I had with some woman on Facebook. So I was like, fuck it, basically. Um, Lisa hobbles off into the hallway of the hotel (laughs) and... He's saying, you know, like, all my family is set to arrive um, tomorrow or later today, and I'm supposed to marry this woman tomorrow, and I don't even know if there's going to be a wedding. The producer asks, like, are you going to just wait until Lisa maybe calms down? And he was like, you know, I don't know, because I feel like I've done everything I can with her. Oh, my voice. (laughs) And obviously Lisa isn't going to leave, so she's like, Usman from the hallway, like the Babadook, and he comes out to go talk to her, and, but before he does, they get, like, they show a clip of her doing a sit-down interview, and says, like, this is bullshit, and I've done all I can to blend into his culture. Huh? Like what? Calling a woman a Nigerian whore, spending 10 minutes on a mo- at a mosque with his mother before you demand that she give you guys approval to get married saying every building that she walks into is like disgusting and she can't believe this the conditions making him change his music video you know i mean real assimilation is happening here she claims uzman hasn't done a thing to blend into her american culture which to me really just means the culture of white supremacy like you're not doing enough to like act like a little bitch basically and do whatever I say like ugh, come on okay so then they're back in the hallway and Lisa tells Usman like I just feel like you should know like if I propose to you the day before my wedding like what are people gonna think people are gonna think that I'm knocked up or like that you just want a green card Lisa you were 52 years old <laughs> You guys are not Kale and Javi. This is not Teen Mom. You guys aren't getting married to like, what? To like, so you are not shaming your family. First of all, do you have an egg to be getting knocked up on? A. B. Like I said, you're old. At some point, <laughs> are your parents even still alive? Like, what are you talking about? Are you? Like, you're going to be bringing shame into the family. Like, oh, people people are going to whisper about maybe I'm pregnant. Like, you're 17. Girl, get out of here. <laughs> that was so crazy. And secondly, he does want a green card, bitch. Like, come on. Hello? This woman really thinks that Usman is in love with her. It's so funny. <laughs> 
Lisa's acting like she's so hurt that he hasn't proposed. Like, this is just like, I can't believe it. Like, then why did you agree to marry him? Why did you agree to marry him before he proposed to you? If that's what you wanted so badly. Girl, come on. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. He manages to get her back into the hotel room. They hug and Lisa goes into the bathroom. She's looking for her brush. I don't know why. Can you even brush through all that depth jail? Um, but then she's like, where's my brush? I can't find it. And he's like, oh, you know, come into the room. Maybe it's in here. And then so she she gets out of the uh, bathroom barely takes a step out he's standing literally right at the bathroom door on one knee with a ring and she's she covers her mouth and gets emotional and makes this like weird noise like oh 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 <laughs> and she goes it was everything I wanted everything you wanted girl to be proposed to outside of a bathroom Dizzy. I hate this woman. She's so fucking stupid. Um, they start kissing, but like, honestly, I had to turn my head away and put the thing up, put the TV on mute. Cause I just like, you know, during these times, like, you know, I'm not being intimate with anybody. I'm trying to maintain whatever sex drive I have left and I'm not willing to risk losing what is left on seeing them make out with each other. Like, I just... I can't. Ugh. Um, later, Uzman's family starts to arrive, so they go downstairs to meet them. 
And then we meet, and she meets, Usman's other brother named Farouk. And his, he says, like, his first impression is that he's just shocked at how old Lisa is. And Usman rightfully says that he's nervous about Lisa behaving herself because his mom could still change her mind at any moment if she sees something that doesn't look right. And... She could rescind her approval, basically. So then they do their ablution, which is like a Muslim tradition. Before you do your prayers, you wash your hands and your feet um, before you pray, just to like cleanse the body. And I gotta, listen, I don't want to agree with Lisa on anything. However. However, <laughs> mommy, Uzman's mom, was washing her feet in the toilet. And I don't mean like, like it was like a bidet toilet. So they had like the little hose. So I don't want to be like, oh, she like flushed her feet to like rinse them off. But she did have her foot in the bowl, touching the bowl. Like, <laughs> And and I, I, I'm going to give it to Lisa on this one. Like, I wouldn't want to do that. Like, there's a, a shower right there. Can we just... I don't want to put my feet in a toilet. That seems like the opposite of an ablution to me. I, one point for you, Lisa, but you're still negative a thousand. Um, She does it, fortunately. She does watch her, wash her feet in the toilet. They do their prayers and afterwards, they, um, Lisa and Usman go outside to discuss their issues with Farouk and Muhammad, his two brothers. So I believe that Usman is the youngest brother. Um, Muhammad is like the oldest brother. So he's like second in line. They don't seem to have a father. I don't know where he is. So he's like the man of their family. So... Lisa says that she's hopeful to get them on her side. (laughs) She really thinks that she is going to, and like no shade to the Muslim culture, but like we know that they're very traditional in that like the man is the leader of the home. So like the fact that she thinks that like her complaints about how he's not listening to her are going to like get them on her side is like laughable. (laughs) Um, So basically what happens is like Usman starts to talk about like basically how demanding she is and Lisa tries to chime in and he and he's like hold on hold on and he says like it's offensive and you know how she treats me is offensive and I worry that you know It'll cause issues with their wedding. Um, And so Muhammad asks, like, what is the issue with you guys? And Usman says, you know, she's too controlling. Farouk, the next oldest brother, says, you know, a husband does not give all of his time to his wife, which is something that everybody should be feeling. Like, he's he's not your slave. He's not required to 
spend day in and day out with you and you need to like basically minimize your need of him like stop being so needy like it's not realistic that he's always going to be on your side so you need to like chill out completely reasonable lisa tries to interrupt and Farouk's like he like he's still talking lisa tries to interrupt him and he's like i'm coming i'm coming like let me land. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start using that. Like, let me land. Let me, let me get, let me finish what I'm saying here. Um, and he says like, you know, like I said, you can't expect Usman to be with you all day and all night to be beholden to you. And then he's like, okay, Usman starts to say something and, and Farouk's like, well, I actually want to ask Muhammad, the eldest brother, what he thinks. So Hamid says, like, you know, in our culture, the husband and the leader is the leader. And Lisa starts copping an attitude about, like, I traveled 7,000 miles to be here. I've been here 21 days. He doesn't give me any credit for that. She starts banging on the table and walks away. She takes her, like, like you know, she put her headscarf on to you know cover her hair but then she takes it off which is like extremely disrespectful as she's walking away Usman is like horrified he's so embarrassed he's like I cannot believe she would actually get up and walk away from like the elder members of my family like this is rude totally with him like they keep trying to make I mean this is like a corny thing but it's like you know, even though we're all like quote unquote different, like there are all similarities that we can understand universal things. I personally would be horrified if I brought a man to my mom or my sister and, or any member of my family or friends really. And they like were banging on the table and yelling about how they did this and that and the third for me being like traveling and hanging out with me for three weeks and then walked away like what is her problem like that is so childish it's embarrassing I cannot believe and like I said this last week like I just can't make sense of why she thinks that this behavior is okay why does she think that everything she does is right Never once does she apologize. Every apology is like a Jax Taylor. Like, well, you've done something too. Like, you're not perfect either. You also do things. It's never like, I'm owning what I'm doing. It's also like, you do things too. It's not just me. What, you know, like, it's always a deflection. It's always a distraction. It's so freaking weird and it's narcissistic and it's just fucked up like I ugh, I cannot wait until this woman is off my screen I really can't like from an aesthetic issue but also from like just everything her spirit is dirt ugh I'd rather Usman marry the goat that he bought <laughs> that she bought really uh, than her he'd have a much more pleasant relationship frankly um, anyway, let's go to David and Lana, because I have a surprise for you after this. So <laughs> David says, after four failed attempts, I cannot believe I'm with Lana. And that's, 
the most reasonable thing he's ever said. Yeah, we can't believe it either, David. We, <laughs> we can't believe it either. And this is what I wonder. I wonder if he knew for sure that she was real. Like, I wonder what production told him how in the know he was. Because they do these, like, before, on um, before the 90 days, when they do these, like, before they actually meet up with each other, typically what they do is, um, we'll do a flashback like they did with Lana last week of like a 24 hours earlier. And we see like a day in the life of the foreigners. So I wonder if he knew that she was going to be showing up and if he knew for a fact that she was real because production was filming with her. Or if he was, like, genuinely surprised by her showing up. that That's something that I would want to know. Um, so they go to a cafe. And you could tell that Lana's, like, over it. Like, I know that, like, the Russians and the Ukrainians kind of have, like, that... The, you know, they tend to not be, like, warm... I don't want to say that they're cold, but like they tend to not be as like overly expressive as Americans are and like, uh, you know, super lovey dovey. You know what I mean? Like we're just like very open typically and they're, they just play their emotions a little bit closer to the chest, but she seems like over it. They have to use a translator to speak communicate with each other and David like is loving the translator app almost as much as he loves Lana and so it's like oh it's just like having a normal conversation but like even still you could tell that she's like "Mm, mm." (laughs) not not super into this guy she doesn't really make a whole lot of contact eye contact with him and he's like asking stupid questions like oh can you do you know what English is like and by that he means when you look at the English language, do you know that it's English? Not can you read English, like, but when you look at the letters, do you, do you know that it's English? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, like, do you, when you look at Ukrainian, do you know that it's like a Ukrainian or Russian or Slavic language that you're looking at? Like, yeah, wh- what is she, stupid? Um. So the, he brings out a box of chocolates Lana says it was really great to you know like I'm really grateful and it's really great to see David in person but like we need to get to know each other better so when he brings out the box of chocolates she says in a talking head like oh you know like it's great to get money and gifts from David I'm like ooh maybe you shouldn't have said that because he hasn't really alluded. He said that he spent like over a hundred thousand dollars using the website, but he didn't clear, like we got the impression that like that was just money that he spent exclusively to chat. And now I'm wondering like if the hundred thousand also included like gifts, money that he spent on her money that he's given her or was this purely chat? Like, I, I need a breakdown. I need a breakdown. Um, so then the producer is like, well, how much money has he given you? And she's like, I would like to skip the question. <laughs> so David does like, he really likes how things are going, but he would like Lana to be more affectionate with her. And keep in mind, they've now been together for two hours. You can go one of two ways with that, right? Like, you can say, 
okay, it's only been two hours. Clearly she wasn't that into you because she, you know, ghosted you however many times at this point. But also, if you're into somebody, two hours is certainly enough to, like, hold hands and hug in a way that you really mean it. (laughs) I don't know. Like, you guys are both adults here. I don't know. Um, So, then... They're having coffee and, um, David says, you know, after he tells Lana, after, after you ghosted me the fourth time, I, I did go to Pavlograd where you said you were from to try to find you. And she's like, "Mm." (laughs) so then production asks her like, why does she give David a fake address? And, you know, totally fair. She says, you know, I, I would never feel comfortable giving out my address to somebody that I didn't know and certainly did not ever expect him to go actually go to that address and start knocking on doors. Like, that is genuinely insane. <laughs> true. True, girl. So then he says, he tells Lana after that that he did hire a private investigator um, for her to find out if she was real, but, you know, but I, I fired him. So like, it doesn't matter anymore. Like none of it matters. Like, well, that's not really for you to decide. It it really matters. (laughs) You didn't fire him because you felt bad or because you trusted her. You fired him because he wasn't telling what her telling you what you wanted to hear, which is that she's on like seven or eight different websites trying to scam her way into America. Um, so (laughs) then Lana and by line Lana, I mean like the Google translator app is like, I think it's time for me to go home. (laughs) It was so funny. He like doesn't, he says, he, he says that like, Oh, I think it must've upset her a little, but I don't think he really is like, grasping or maybe he's just not willing to admit that it's fucking weird that she knows it's weird and that's why she ended your date earlier um so then what okay so then we see him the next day and he's at his hotel alone and says oh you know even though she ended the date earlier uh she agreed to meet with me again so they had this conversation over the website and he was like well I just didn't feel like I should ask her for a phone number because you know because of the translation I just figured it would be easier for her for us to communicate on the website um so then he says like oh okay so she's agreed to um hang out with me again and we're gonna go bowling and I'm jazzed he actually said, use the term jazz. Oh my God. So they, okay. So then before they get together, David is basically like being horny and says, you know, even though Lana's only agreed to meet with me a few times while I'm here because she's too busy, um, you know, if I'm, I'm looking for more basically. So this lady is allegedly too busy to spend time with her 
potential future husband. <laughs> she's only allotted him with like a couple hours at a time, even though she's fully trying to get engaged to this dude. Okay. So Lana, they get together. Lana tells producers like she really was not into him hiring a private investigator, but says like, well, maybe I can kind of understand that maybe he was anxious after waiting for me the fourth time that he came over here to meet me. She, they meet up like in a, they meet up outside, like outside the bowling place. And, um, Lana's like, well, maybe we should go for a walk first. So basically they can take pictures to, you know, legitimize their marriage or their relationship. So (laughs) this girl's smart. I will say she's making sure that they go to different landmarks as close as possible to one another. Like, okay, we're in this clearly like downtown high, high, um, what do you call it? Tourist area. And so I'm going to take you to like all the landmarks I can in this little block. So it looks like, you know, we spent a lot of time going here, there and everywhere (laughs) rather than like actually having to spend time with you. She's really, really smart about maximizing those pictures. David's dumbass thinks that everything is going in the right direction, but he's so confused as to why she's not being affectionate, and he thinks it's up to him to make the first move. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Um, so then they go bowling and he proposes a bet and says, you know, if, how about if I make a strike, I get to kiss you. And her response is, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Lana says that she likes spending time with him, but it's too early for a kiss, but not too early for this pictures proving your relationship, is it? Huh? Um, so it turns out he was a professional bowler, but we're talking like 40 years ago when he was in college. So fortunately for her and for everybody, he keeps messing up one after the other, bowling terribly. And behind his back, she's like pumping her fist with relief. Like every time he fucks up, like, oh, thank God. (laughs) I've never seen her smile, smile bigger than when he like does not get a strike. So at some point after going and going, he's like, well, can I just get a kiss for having to travel all the way here? And she's like, no, (laughs) and starts laughing. And so finally 
he gets a strike and she gasps like, damn it. (laughs) Like, and and then he goes, come and get it. And like, does the like, come hither little move with your fingers. Like, ugh. Something I hope he never says to her again. So she gives him the kind of kiss that you would give, like, uh, like if you're going to a nursing home and you're meeting, like, your grandparents' friends and they, they like, want to kiss you on the lips and you're just like, mm, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll just do this. Um, and it was, ugh. she goes, it's not even, like, it's the least romantic kiss and she, like, runs and goes straight for the ball to, to bowl again like she just wants to completely erase the fact that that even happened she can say she wants to get to know him better all she wants but there's either chemistry or there's not and there's not (laughs) but frankly there's no need to harp on that because we knew that there would not be chemistry because she ghosted on him four times before she even you know bothered to go see him like let this man sit in a restaurant alone with a bottle of champagne and roses. Completely embarrassed because she just didn't feel like going. Literally said, I didn't feel like it. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so after bowling, they go to dinner. And David plans on bringing up the engagement because he only has a few days left. Lana orders grapefruit juice and pasta with rabbit, which is a choice. Um, David says he's convinced that he's in love and he says, you know, just so we're clear in order for me to even apply for a K-1 visa for you when I get to America, we have to be engaged before I leave. So what is it going to take for you? Like, what do you need to know? What is it going to take for you to know that I'm the one for you? And Lana says, you know, I just need a little bit more time, but I'm hoping to give you an answer before you leave. Um, And so this is his time, I guess, to think that it's appropriate to ask her to go back to the hotel with him. And Lana's like, "Eh, it's a little bit early for that. And a producer is like, well, what do you think? How do how would you respond if David asked you to propose? And she's like, honestly, I'm I'm not sure. And that was the end of them. So the surprise that I have for you guys is that I actually made the decision to lift the moratorium on Jeffrey and Varia for this one time because I caught the first few minutes of the episode and it was just messy enough to keep me entertained. So from what I can understand, when he was in Russia, he proposed to her. She said no. And she thought that they would still be in a relationship, even though she said no, but he told her, donezo, we're over, and went back to America. Um, from there, there seems like there was a woman that's kind of always been in his life, or has recently been in his life, and has been interested in him, but he kind of kept her on the back burner, but when he got back to America, they started kind of like talking and dating with each other. So for some reason, Varya did not take the hint that 
she is no longer in a relationship with Jeffrey <laughs> and flies all the way from Russia to Knoxville to surprise him at his house. But Mary is there. Mary looks like Aunt Jackie from Roseanne, by the way. So I'm just going to call her Aunt Jackie from now on. Um, Vario knocks on the door and he's like, oh, and then we see Aunt Jackie come out and is like, what is happening? <laughs> Both Aunt Jackie and Varya are confused as to why the other one is there. And Jeffrey is like, he says like in an interview, like, I haven't spoken to, um, to Varya since I got back to America and this whole situation seems really unfair to Mary. He says this, but while they're like arguing with each other, Varya and Aunt Jackie, he's like smiling and not like an awkward smile. Like, and I'm loving this, but I'm into this. These two women fighting over me. Um, so Varya's like, well, can I speak to you privately? Because, <laughs> because Mary's irritating me. <laughs> what? This is so funny. And Jackie says, like, she feels like a fool and starts crying about how unfair this is. Jeffrey is not saying anything at all. And Varya's like, we well, you know what, Jeffrey, I'm a little bit hurt that you moved on and that you didn't tell me. And he was like, but we broke up. And she's like, but I've been messaging you this whole time. And he's like, and I haven't been writing back. Shouldn't that have been a hint to you? Um, so <laughs> Aunt Jackie comes out and literally <laughs> Varya pulls a ludicrous and is like, move, bitch, get out the way. And Jackie, Jackie takes her little flowers from inside the house and is like, well, I guess you don't need these anymore and like leaves. And after Jackie leaves, Varya's like, well, can I come in? Keep in mind, his children are in the house. You can see them, like, in the kitchen. So, <laughs> when she gets in the house, she starts crying. And Jeffrey's like, well, Frank, honestly, I'm, like, shocked that you're here. And, like she says, said before, she's like, well, I sent you messages. And he was like... Yeah, but you didn't send me a message that you were going to be coming to Tennessee. <laughs> and Vario was like, but what if you said no? <laughs> um, that means you don't hop on a plane across the world unannounced. That I I wouldn't even hop on a cross town bus to go to some guy's house without telling him. Even if we were on the best of, of situations. Like, what? Girl. What if he said no? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh my goodness. This lady is wacky. And I'm loving it. So then she's like, well, are you in a relationship with Aunt Jackie? And he was like, we were moving in that direction. And he was, she was like, well, do you still love me? Like, and he's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's only been a couple weeks and, you know, I can't just fall out of love with you. So she uses this opportunity to be like, you know, so you say there's a chance and she starts hugging him and it's like, well, I'm in America for two weeks now. And he was like, well, do you have a hotel? She's like, I did. <laughs> and it's basically like, I need to be staying with you. So he agrees to that. 
and they hop in the car later that night. He was supposed to be going out to drinks with Aunt Jackie and their friends because they're all part of like a friend group. But instead, he brings Varya to the bar. So then, <laughs> this is so weird, y'all. Have they always been this crazy? This is weird. This is real weird. Um, he, he then goes on, excuse me, Varya says, like, I had no idea about Mary, and it really hurts me to see him with another woman, and, like, how can he move on so fast after proposing, which, like, it is fair. Um, it is a weird pivot to go from, like, I was down on one knee, and then, like, as soon as I land in America, like, I'm ready to hop back into a relationship. Like, that is a very quick turnaround. So, they show up to the bar, and all his friends are like, it is insane that this woman is here. <laughs> uh, agree. And he tells them all, like, a story. He's like, well, open the door today, and Varya was at the door. Mary was sitting on the couch. And they're all like, uh, <laughs> this is weird. And... But then, again, like, when she showed up at his house, like, he seems to really be enjoying, like, all this drama and all these, the, the fact that there are, like, two women fighting over him and his, I mean, this man has nipple tattoos. Ugh. Like, no, I'm not even going to talk about it. The man has nipple tattoos. He's unwell. Um, so, then... His friend Mark, they interview Mark, the producers, and he's like, you know, Jeffrey kind of gravitated towards Mary after he came back from Russia, and that Mary was kind of like always around. He's like, but you know, it was sort of a situation of like, you just don't recognize what's right in front of you. Um, so then he, Mark goes on to say, he's like, you know, Jeffrey basically is it like Jeffrey lives for the drama. This sort of thing is, like, right up his alley. That, like, he can never just, like, he just loves, like, something new and exciting. And, you know, he loves to basically make stupid decisions. He, he would rather, like, live in chaos, basically. Um, than, like, try and figure his own shit out. So... <laughs> this is so weird, you guys. This is so weird. Um, and then they're basically like, well, he needs to like make a choice. Like you're a grown ass man, dude. So Jeffrey tells his friends, he's like, you know what? I proposed to Varya when I was in Russia, but she turned the proposal down and Varya's like, well, I didn't say no to our relationship. I said not now to us getting engaged <laughs> to which one of his friends goes, well, you can't spell not now without no. <laughs> So, um, Varya's like, well, do you guys think it's normal that Jeffrey moved on so quickly after proposing to somebody? And, and, um, she's like, you know, I, they didn't really answer. She's like, I feel awkward because these are Aunt Jackie's friends, but like, I'm just going to try to make the most of it and move past it so they can get to know me. <clears throat> Excuse me. So his friends try to explain, they, they go to play foosball and the friends are trying to explain to Varya, like, Mary was our friend. 
she's Jeffrey's best friend and you know this was you know this is weird <laughs> and Varya's like well I don't really believe in that like how can she be his best friend like I feel like your soulmate should be your best friend and there shouldn't just be any like pretty girls around for you to be taken care of outside of your relationship basically like we're in a relationship and so Mary needs to bow down and bow out and so shockingly <laughs> Jeffrey Jeffrey goes on to say like I just feel really overwhelmed because all of this stuff happened today and what I had with Mary was so good and lo and behold in walks Mary Varya's annoyed <laughs> and says she can't believe that Mary's here and if she doesn't want to let him go and she wants to start a war, she'll get it. Ooh. Wow, y'all. Wow. I guess we'll see what happens next week. Is next week the finale? I think it might be. So we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll re maybe I'll watch and see what happens with Jeffrey and Varya next week. But until then, y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love y'all.